0: Welcome everyone to a special episode of Kiwi Talks to celebrate the 10th anniversary of Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. It's a good way to feel old. And with me today are two artists that worked on the game, and I love these guys so much. Ted Anderson and Eric Kozlowski. How are you guys doing?
1: Doing
2: good. Oh, doing great. Thanks. Yeah. Let's Just this a- way.
1: I, I didn't wear glasses when we shipped Tropical Freeze, so that that should tell you something about the passage of time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, or oh, hey, I'm, I'm the same. Here as well, yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 yeah, a lot more scalp showing up here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Eric wanted to emulate Retro Studios, and that's why he's got a bit of a retro camera thing that's going right. on.
1: Yeah, pixel, <laughs> pixel, total pixelated style here, representing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So obviously we'll start at the
0: beginning. What was it like at the beginning, the announcement, obviously internally, that you guys were doing a sequel to uh, Donkey Kong Country Returns? Do you remember
2: that? Uh, I remember feeling it was really expected. Um, Donkey Kong Country Returns had done so well and you know it just felt like a natural fit. Um, I can't remember if we had heard about the, the Wii U yet, Eric. You know, no, so
1: because I, I remember so it's funny because like when I joined I've, right after, I, and I think I might have mentioned this before, Like it was the first time in my career, maybe the only time I've joined the studio not knowing what I was going to work on because typical Nintendo secrecy. Mm. And that E3 was when it was known that Retro was co-developing Mario Kart 7 with EAD. And so I was like, oh, I, I guess I'm going to be working on Mario Kart 7 for, for the, uh, the 3DS. Um, mm-hmm. But I remember when I started, they had like a separate room where the engineers were working on the Wii U that you needed like key card access. So I think that might've been the first time I learned about the Wii U Ah, for me. I I don't know if that was the case with you, Ted. So, But yeah, yeah, that was my, my first kind of like, oh, this is Nintendo's next system. It's got a screen on it and stuff like that. So it was like very secretive. You know, like only the engineers were kind of like messing around with it. And then I remember they let me go back there and they showed me like a prototype pad and that was the old one that they showed that didn't have the analog sticks it had the uh kind of like yeah. the circle pads kind of kind of dealy.
0: so did it click yeah. with you the wii u or were you looking at like i don't quite get this yet because i remember Ooh. the prime i remember the uh the devs when they were working on prime 3 and they first got the wii remote and they were like what <laughs> they were a bit surprised with it at, at first
1: i mean i think conceptually i was like oh this could be really cool but I think I do remember scratching my head of like, okay, how do we incorporate Donkey Kong into this? Like maybe when you do a bonus room, you go to the second screen or something like that. Like I, I couldn't like that's yeah. I remember th- I remember thinking that like all right, how do we, how are we going to utilize this thing? And then we ended up not utilizing it at all. But <laughs> but I remember like oh maybe when you go into the background sections of the level, maybe that's the second screen. So that I think that was my because I was thinking more about like the game we were developing rather than what is EAD going to do with this? like What is you know the next Zelda game going to do with this? What is the next Mario game going gonna... to do? I wasn't thinking like that. I was more like, hmm, I don't know how you would do a 2D platformer that really takes advantage of this. Hmm.
2: Right. I mean, I didn't really think about um, the handheld nature of the screen beyond when they thinking of oh, that's kind of a neat idea because of, I think one of the things, I think... Um, uh, Michael Kelbaugh probably mentioned it during a meeting about it, talking about how one of the aspects was that you know parents could watch their TV shows or while well, the kids play the game and you know so on and so forth, yeah. or that they could do multiplayer where like you know it's on the screen and one person's holding the pad and another person the controller and like it was very much the prototype Switch in that regard. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: for
0: sure. I think they needed to do the Wii U in order to get to the Switch.
1: Yeah, and yeah. that's the thing about Nintendo though is like they sometimes do their best work when they're kind of backed into a corner. Yeah. And then they, like, right, then they get like crazy and they don't play it safe and they do some weird stuff, you know, and, um, you know, you get the switch, so.
0: Yeah. So with, um, with the game, because I would imagine that art is quite far along the chain, right? Because the designers have to prototype rooms and do blue rooms and all that. And only when it's finalized would art start to be put into it.
2: Well, we we started experimenting pretty early on, just because we had already made a DK game, so we kind of started making just kind of a linear section, like this is what the ground would be like, this is what a jump through would be like, um, this is what the backgrounds could be like, you know, just kind of doing a, a little beautiful corner of it, as it were. And um, correct me if I'm wrong, Eric. We started with the uh, the Alps. I can't remember what their actual name No, I think, so yeah, oh, yeah. Right
1: so it was, I think it was the mangroves. Cause I think like, so one of the big things, oh, like. You're right. It, yeah. it was like, um, the big, the big question was like, okay, like returns, like you guys, cause I didn't work on returns, Ted did. And so they had established the look of this new generation of Donkey Kong, you know, taking the torch from Rare. And so I remember the big question was, okay, now, how does this look in HD? Now we can use normal maps. You know, like that was, mm-hmm. oh shit, fi- finally a Nintendo system can handle HD. And and so that was one of the big questions is how do we translate this this style that was established in Returns into the HD era? And that was the first big hurdle. So when I joined, the team was still 90% like on the finishing touches of getting MK, Mario Kart 7 out the door. And it was me and one of the artists, Alvin Schafer's, and we were just kind of messing around with like tree shapes because I remember hearing that mm-hmm. like the palm tree in Returns became one of the like the iconic signifiers of the art style of DocuCon Country Returns. And so we were like, okay, well, we could do that again for, for Tropical Freeze. And so I think that's why our jungle level was the mangroves. So like that was going to be our jungle level. And so yeah. it was like, okay, DK synonymous with jungle. What do these mangroves look like? And then when, me and Alvin, we did a couple of, you know, went nowhere experimentations. And then when the whole team rolled off of uh, MK7, um, that's when, like, as Ted said, we started doing those kind of like a strip of like, what is this like little vignette going to look like with some trees in the background and, uh, and whatnot.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: so are you guys all isolated so artists in one section animators in another engineers in another or in the offices it is are all the different teams kind of all meshed in together so you can all i suppose look at each other's work or is it very much i remember
2: at the studio where we started with it that it was a little more enmeshed, but yeah. Barely. Uh, but by the time we were at the new studio, uh, it was very separate. Like yeah. Programmers were on their own like wing of the building and art was all kind of on its own side. And then character art even was its own little subsection uh, yeah. as well. They were
1: they were kind of under the umbrella of at the animation department. Um yeah. animation cast a pretty, pretty long shadow at retro. Um they were kind of like a very important part of the pipeline. Um and I think When I joined Retro, I was only in the original location for, I think, about six months before we moved to the new location. And those were, like, these big offices that were, like, my office had three desks in it. So it was me, and I forget, I think it was Reed, and maybe Amanda, I think I was with in in the office that I was in.
2: Sounds Um, about right.
1: Yeah. Um, So I was with two other artists, but uh ted i don't know who you were who
2: you Uh, gosh who was i with
1: you might have been with elvin right
2: i was i think i was with elvin initially yeah no that's right yeah i was with elvin
1: yeah
0: Uh did you uh, did you work uh with the animators quite a bit though because i would think that would be the the group you'd work in coordination
1: with the most if you were to work uh, in conjunction with, it depended. It depended. Like I worked on Horn Top Hop, which had the synchronized music with the leaves. And Ted, you worked on uh, some of the Bright Savannah stuff, right? Did you work on mm-hmm. that level? The, the the Lion King level, as everyone knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So 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 that required a lot of coordination with animation, but a lot of times, not so much. We would we would identify this is a prop that needs to animate and then we would make sure that is its own special actor that would mm-hmm. be loaded into the level separately otherwise the level itself was just one big chunk of art like a massive file that just got dumped into memory and then all the animation stuff was then attached um yep yeah
0: <laughs> did you so. play test a lot as yeah. you were doing er- that yeah, we yeah. yeah yeah
2: yeah um, I, I remember that was probably one of the most amazing aspects of working on that game was how tight the design was um yeah for uh for the levels like they were built to be speed ran and yeah they were uh Some yeah and it was just amazing the like clockwork complexity of how they had timed jumps to coincide with it was very rhythmic And uh, it still amazes me to this day. I mean, it's just the the ability to hold that kind of design in your head, and then actuate it.
1: I remember clearly. I was working on um, I forget uh, meltdown mayhem. I think it's the last level in the game when you're when you're on the lava. Yeah, yeah. yeah, So I was working on that, and I remember uh, going to the designer, and I I I can't remember his name. Was Was it Brandon? I forget apologies. Um, but I remember going to the designer and saying, this level is impossible. Like, this is unbeatable. Like, there is no way. Like I was, and then by the end of like my time working on the level, I was like blasting through it, like, because you just play it so much, you just got so good at it. But your first attempt, like any other game, right. you don't know, and and you get your ass kicked. And so it was so tightly designed that, yeah, like you master it through practice and that's how you can just get that like Ted was saying that speed run kind of instinct where you're jumping before a platform even appears because you know the timing; Mm -hmm. it's going to be it's going to be there um so yeah like like playtesting the levels was always kind of like um yeah it was like very important because you got to see how the art was like parallaxing you know is this a cool comp when i get to this part of, of the level is this a cool composition here, you know, like mm-hmm. it might be might be cool in a static shot, but as you move across and things kind of parallax, like is that still interesting? So playing the game in motion helped you determine like really cool compositions for the level art um yeah, absolutely,
2: you, yeah did, uh, uh, I remember did, just oh sorry, no, 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 you keep going this is this uh, is interesting, yeah no, I remember we would have talks about places where um. The, the flow of the uh the level would slow down and that would be a place where we could really stretch our legs as far as composition goes because the player would have a chance to see it you know yep. uh because otherwise it'd be like yeah they're gonna blast past it super quick Do you really need to spend a week designing this background that no one will ever see
1: yeah and, and the very first asset that ted and i collaborated on was this giant uh steamship in the mangroves and mm-hmm. I kind of modeled it out. I did some really early base kind of textures just to get the UVs in the right spot. And then Ted went in and like textured the hell out of it, made it look awesome. And then we kind of like broke it up, but we knew, like Ted was saying, that like this was gonna be right in the player's viewpoint right before you jump into the minecart cart and start the level. So we knew that this is a moment where this set piece can really capture the player's attention because the action hasn't really started yet. Because once you're in the minecart, things are moving around, the, the level is rotating, mm-hmm. but we knew that we had the captured audience at that point. So it's like, okay, let's give them a cool visual. Um, and, uh, and it was like a, a, a really kind of fun, it was a fun collaboration. I remember really enjoying working on that with, with you, Ted. Like that was, that was definitely yeah. a fun asset to build.
2: Stuff. Oh yeah, I mean, I've I've always loved working on machinery and games too. So like as soon as that came up, I was just like, yep, please sign me up.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I actually want let's let's um show off like some of your work here, because this stuff is sick, and people probably don't get to see it. All right, so you have talked about the, the grassland grooves a bit before, Ted, in terms of like the, yeah. these puppets, right? Like puppet sticks. Mm-hmm that um you made uh what else do we have here oh so you did some work on the third boss this is the third boss yeah. i think yeah
2: i got i got thrown in a lot of the uh different boss fight rooms um do
0: you sometimes lose so... track of what you're working on like are you like oh where is this again because obviously i'm, I'm imagining you're working on multiple levels or multiple pieces yeah, of art um... from different parts of the game at multiple times right so you have to get right. track of well, what you're working on.
2: Yeah, definitely that. And then, like, one of the things that was nice is as the game just accrued assets, like, by the time you did get to the boss level, you had so much cool stuff to work with. You're just snapping up pieces and parts from different levels and repurposing them. And, you know, it's you can really see that here, where you've got, like, little huts in the background. You've yeah. got the, uh, the little um, kind of, like, rope bridges and whatnot, the big... Uh, what are
1: those kind of trees called? The, the baobab
2: ba- trees. Baobab, yeah, the big baobab trees, and yeah, yeah, it was uh, yeah, just get to pluck from a lot of different places. So these these penguins, for example, an animator
0: would have put them in, and then you just beautify them, I guess. Is that how it works? Like with because obviously you've got static images, and then you've got moving images, right? So where where's the cutoff point between an animator and an artist? Would there ever be, so like, cross pollination
2: The animator handles, so each, like, each enemy or each animated thing in the scene is its own little, like, kind of point of data, if that makes sense. It's yeah. just a, a fixed point that's placed in the level. And then it accesses a model that then accesses a series of animations. And so um, I believe the designers were the ones who actually placed uh all like the all the animated critters and um enemies and whatnot yeah right. and we can
1: su- we could suggest because i the i only worked on one boss arena and that was uh scow and um this one here here we yeah. go yeah and oh, so, yeah and so like my original intent on that one was to have all these uh owl perches in the foreground with owls kind of like on them watching you but one of the biggest and this is as an artist, you want to have depth, right? You want to create parallax in the world. And like design was like, you can't put things in the foreground that are gonna block Donkey Kong. And so, you know, I we had to take that out. But, you know, I think there was maybe some spots where they might have been in the background. But then there's also like, can we afford it? Because animation costs memory, the 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 characters are skeletal rigs, that that's memory right there. This was a pretty intense level because it was three levels high and yeah there was a ton of geometry in there so like this this one i don't think we could have a ton of like extra characters in the background and stuff like that so um yeah
0: and then you had well stuff from the previous game right so because this was from returns and then you you changed it slightly for tropical freeze
1: yeah so like the whole last level was kind of like the theme was you know, going back to Donkey Kong Country Returns, but now it's iced over. And so I remember opening up a lot of the files that you guys worked on, Ted, and yeah, yeah take, taking those assets and then looking at the textures and then doing my best kind of approximation, but in like an HD kind of version of, of that to you know to evoke that that look, but give it you know make sure it sits in the uh, the new style of this game and. And then I remember seeing uh, I don't know if it ended up in the game. I think it did there's a somebody did a piece of concept art of DK holding up like a Wii Weave remote, and I think that was just a painting that was oh, in the background and yeah. returns. so i did, I just modeled out Donkey Kong holding up the Wii U. Um, I wish somebody would have gotten in there and changed that to a switch for the switch port, but um, <laughs> yeah it's, uh,
0: But it's no. actually quite smart from, I would think, from a budgeting standpoint to utilize assets. Or art from the previous game and then putting it into the new game but obviously changing it slightly because that would right. save a lot of time wouldn't it as an artist as yeah, opposed yeah, of to course. doing yeah, whole wanna... new art for a whole world
1: yeah I agree 100% work smarter not harder and maybe as long as it fits and it doesn't look like you're just slapping in Wii assets into a Wii U game um, mm-hmm. you know like I, that whole temple like I remodeled because I don't think there was any temples that Were that high res enough from a model standpoint? Um, And then, like I said, I looked at the textures. So um, there wasn't a ton of like one to one. Those monkey statues, I think I took the base of that monkey statue and then like modeled out like more detail, added in more bevels and edges to it to give it more of a, a rounded, less low poly look. So I don't think there's anything in the game on the frozen levels that is exactly. I just, the exact asset from returns, it's been at least touched by an artist to be updated because I just don't think it would have worked otherwise. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. How long does it take
0: to make one of these texture maps?
1: Mm. Uh, It depends on the complexity and if it works. Like, texturing has always been one of my more weaker skill sets. So I was always really stoked when textures I made, you know, got in the game and were pretty well received. Like the ones you're looking at right there. Like I, mm-hmm. I didn't make any, I didn't do any world building on any of the ocean levels, but I did get to work on the kit that Ted was talking about. Like, you know, Ted was saying mm-hmm. when he was working on a level, by a certain to- a point there's like a ton of art assets for you to build with. So I got to make a lot of these statues. And, um, and, and so, yeah, I like that. Brown texture with the pock marks like that was pretty quick because it's not a very complex texture um something with right. all the boxes in it that that took a little bit longer because it's a bit more complex but te- yeah. you're you're the texture guru man <laughs> so
2: <laughs> thank you um yeah i think for me it always the the main thing that will you know determine how long a uh oh yeah i remember those fruits uh, those were fun um just that's a sick level worse.
0: man honestly that's a sick it's, world i should say like so as juicy
2: creative. as possible. Yeah. So creative, Gosh, right? I mean, just so much. It's just so full of life. I love it.
0: Yeah, um, but it's, it's just so creative, yeah. right? In terms of like a biome, you know, because you mm-hmm. have like forests or fire or winter, but to use yeah. fruit, you know, it's not common, mm-hmm.
2: man. So. Yeah, but uh, yeah, as far as like texturing goes, for me, the, the, one of the main determinants of like what takes the longest amount of time is kind of close to what Eric was saying. It's just, there's more detail um, then of course you have more attention to detail. Mm. Uh, But also if it has like a lot of different materials on it, if I have to go through there and say there's like, you know, ropes and metal and wood and stone and plant life or whatever, all in the same texture map. then that's kind of like having each one of those individual textures within the map and then require their own attention and color balancing and detail. Um, and then, you know, just also at the end of the day, it has to fit into the stuff that's already there. And so you have to work with the other artists to make sure that you're using similar tones of green for your plants, similar tones of kind of like desaturated um, creamy dark ends for woods. Uh, you know, and then each level kind of ends up with their own uh, theme after a while. So just with this particular
0: image here, if you, if you remember, do you, th- what do you think would have been the hardest to do the art, for, uh, the, just in terms of this,
2: the fruit? Definitely. Yeah. Um, I remember going back and forth with our art lead a few times, um, just trying to get the the colors to pop. And then because they are so varied, uh, you, you've got your, your reds and your cool blues that we wanted to make sure that you always knew it was a surface you could land on and that it wasn't dangerous. Uh, that you know or, or that you didn't think it was going to be like a bouncy surface when you landed on it that it was so different from everything else this is something you can interact with and uh, we did go back and forth on that a bit but I think we landed on something that no pun intended uh, that worked mm so.
0: but I mean one of the interesting things I find is you'd probably have to take into account the color of Donkey Kong right oh yeah because yeah because you don't want him to kind of blend in where you lose track of where he is
1: yeah Yeah. that's why you'll notice a lot of the wood is mostly of a reddish here not of a brown here yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. because we have a ton of wood in the game but i mean i guess uh uh, the the uh, autumn heights levels i guess the uh the windmills have some brown issues on them but but again you know like the the um the slats mm. of the of the roof. I remember Ted and I talking about making everything because we knew like the owls were gonna be a big presence and so we're like, oh it's let owl theme everything and then, you know, Ted was like, Oh, let's make the, the roof shingles into feathers. And I'm like, that's fucking awesome. Let's do it. You know, like Yeah. Um so lots of uh, fun stuff there. But yeah, always making sure that DK was the focal point uh on the screen was, was always a um yeah paramount. I mean we so would when- definitely
0: would you focus on the foreground stuff first and then work your way back to the, the background area or was mm-hmm. it a combination of both? Like, was there a template to it or is just kind of, you just feel I'm sure, it? Out? I'm
1: sure every artist had their own kind of way of working for me. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty ADHD. So like, you know, like focusing on what's fun for the moment, you know, if, if I have like a cool vignette in the background that I want to get to before the stuff that's in the foreground, um, then, then yeah, I'll, I'll kind of I'll bounce I'll bounce around, um, uh, but but yeah, it just depends, um, and it depends. Yeah. Like we would have like check ins every two weeks, so like if I knew that there was like a check in coming, I would make sure that there was enough there for the leads to kind of like evaluate. Um, so.
0: Yeah, and you got to do these these props pretty much right.
2: So so the the, the oh, barrel cannon, the local SMB3 tank.
1: yeah. So. The barrel kind of didn't make it in game. They ended up going with a different one, but I was always happy with how Aww. that turned out. Yeah, it looks but like I was the same re- one. Yeah, it I like think it. they went with something a little bit less detailed um, okay. than, than I did. But I was very proud of the rocket barrel because I got mm-hmm. to kind of like redesign. There was no concept. There was the rocket barrel from DK Returns, but again, we had to HDify it for this game, and so there was no concept art for it because we already had a rocket barrel. And so when they said, "Hey, can you build this prop?" I remember being like, "Okay, well, how can I embellish it and make it look like the same asset but better?" Um, And that's what I came up with. And I was fucking stoked when I saw the Mario Brothers movie that they used this design in the movie. Like, it's pretty close. And I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "Holy shit, that's pretty damn close." Like, there's obviously it's Mm. way more detailed in it and stuff like that. But I'm like, that's pretty close to the design that I came up with. And I, I don't want to take all credit. The original Rockefeller design is the fruit of another artist's labor. I just took it and, and then embellished it from Tropical Freeze. But seeing the embellishments that I added represented in the movie was, was, a, was a thrill. So,
0: it makes me um, wonder if they do uh, an animated DK movie. And I know they've got the, what is it, the DK theme park that they're working mm-hmm. on at Universal. Whether they'll use some of your, your art.
1: I don't know, man. It'd be
2: cool. It'd be, I mean, I mean, they definitely would reference our our work, you know.
1: Well, I mean, the tiki's are going to be in the theme park, so Ted, like, I'm sure that, like, yeah, yeah some some of the stuff oh, you that'll did be on, wild. On, Yeah, some of the stuff you did on returns <laughs> might make its way in. So, cause, That's yeah, really I, cool. I, I I did see the tiki's show up in like the uh, that was a fun level, the uh, juicing one, because um, I factory. got to. Uh, yeah, the factory room with the square the, the square um uh, watermelon. Because that <laughs> yeah. that was a level, that's a prime example of what Ted was talking about. So like that level, I didn't really make any of the art or textures for that. It was a lot of kit bashing. It was a lot of taking elements that other artists had built on other levels and then re sort of reconfiguring them to work on the layout that I was given. And I would have to remodel things to fit. Um, but it was, it was, I didn't create anything from scratch. It was all about augmenting what other artists had already built. Um, whereas like autumn Heights, you know, I modeled that, that, um, horn from scratch. I made those birch trees from scratch. Um, you know, obviously I didn't texture, I textured the trunks. I think Ted, you might've done the canopies. Um, I textured, I textured the horn. I'm pretty sure so but when it came to stuff like uh juicy uh fruity factory in in the in the juicy jungle i don't i don't think i i created any i didn't do any textures any anything like that so it was always like you know finding the best kind of asset to fit with what you were working on
0: it's uh, cool to see the the wireframes as well because you don't get to see that often all right you got the
1: wireframe search
2: nice yeah
1: nintendo is usually pretty uh, i that one got by the nintendo ninjas because a lot of times i think the uh uh a lot of times nintendo just likes what you see in game is what the artist should be able to show in their portfolio but that one must have squeezed by which after 10 years it's fine yeah it it looks
0: good because you can see all the detail and that really puts into context how much work goes into just making one thing right one object
1: Mm -hmm. these were these were fun because i think each one of us got to pick a level and do a because these are the rewards if you create beat the secret levels you get a little vignette and i don't have any of the other characters on my on mine but because i did so many levels in autumn heights i was pretty excited about being able to um work on on that one um because I got to do, I think three or four levels in Autumn Heights, Rodent Ruckus, Windmill Hills, uh, Top, Hop, and Scout. So yeah, four four levels. Yeah, and that's the uh, the steamship that. That's the that, steamship. That... Yeah, yeah. You can see yeah, like, yeah, the,
0: the, the the level of detail here is crazy. Mm-hmm. Because that was a tag was team fun. between you two, right? So you yeah, two tag team. Yeah, tagged, and I don't
1: Ted, I don't think we even had a concept on this one, right? I don't know. I don't remember there. No, being you a and I just
2: worked together and yeah. uh you you just kicked out the model to me and I just started jamming on it. Yeah. So
1: Yeah, it was like let's uh, put these we... awesome like metal slug kind of gun turrets. I remember being like, Yeah, some metal slug gun turrets on it will be fun. And then oh, I think yeah. you I, I think it was your idea to put uh squawks as the masthead um yeah. on the front. So uh
2: yeah, uh, it's yeah no, really I, fun one. I wish i was say, I wish we had a shot of the um the boat plane
1: was it a boat plane oh yeah yeah i remember you and i worked on that as well yeah and the submarine Yeah. you and i worked on yeah. i modeled the submarine and then you d- you did the uh the boat plane is in quite a few levels in ma- in the mangroves
2: yeah, we um, we parted that thing out like crazy. Yeah,
1: yeah. the the, okay. the the uh the steamship ended up being like the kit for all of the mechanical objects in the mangroves. Like, artists mm-hmm. took that that texture library, they took meshes, and they cannibalized the crap out of that to to make you know parts of levels and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool to see that DNA peppered throughout. Um, so.
0: Looking at this, honestly, it makes me wonder what you guys would have done on Prime 4. Seriously, with like some of the texture maps and just some of the art. Because like, this is so sick. Yeah. I mean, particularly with like Prime, because you have a lot of mechanical stuff and this. I mean, obviously, it's it's a different style of art compared yeah. to Prime. But it would, I would have loved to have seen what you guys would have done. Yeah, have I mean, been
2: awesome, on I'm yeah, sure. I would have done fun. something like that, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm a huge Metroid fan, and sci-fi is... You know, like such a fun genre to play in. But uh but yeah, I'm I'm curious what direction they're taking the art style. Are they going super hardcore gritty? Are they gonna do something more along the lines of Metroid Dread? Um, you know, which is a bit more clean and kind of like, you know, very very strong silhouettes. And I think Mercury Steam has like a really strong like house style, like you could see. The work they did in Castlevania, you could see that echo in Dread. Like, definitely, there's a couple, there's a couple of characters where you go, like, oh, I could see the character artist who modeled that character worked on Lords of Shadow and stuff like that. So, so I'm curious. The, you know, the art director they have on Prime Four, I think he worked on Mirror's Edge. So, I mean, they're in good hands. So, yeah. Um, and i mentioned the wireframes but
0: yeah i mean the wireframes for anything metroid related would probably be far more than this i would think wouldn't it
1: (laughs) yeah i mean if it's a switch game switch is more powerful than the wii u but if it's switch 2 game which again i have no idea whether it is or not um if it's a switch 2 game and they're saying switch 2 might be as strong as like a ps4 pro maybe oh, the rumor.
0: yeah there's a number of rumors and i don't know what yeah. to believe. someone said it was like with with dl s s they can get it up to what series is it s i lose track of which one's which is it s yeah. that's the weaker
1: one or
0: yeah X? s is yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah um yeah um, so i you know it's always fun to have more uh, you know the thing that was always fun about tropical freeze and working on a wii u is like sometimes limitations are a great thing because it kind of really forces you to just focus on the necessities and really, especially on a cartoony game, Silhouette is everything. It's all about the big reads, not the fine details. And so for Tropical Freeze, you know, it's like uh, it has to almost feel toy-like, right? Like you can't really get into that kind of like Hyper realism, hyper detail. Like I'm, I'm curious for a first-person game like Prime, you know, with more horsepower. Are they going to get into that kind of a naughty dog level of, you know, the grease dripping off of a oily panel and all that stuff?
2: How lived in will the world be?
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Well, it still Um, has to hold 60 frames per second. So yeah, they'll have to they'll have to work all that out. Um, I know when I spoke to you, uh, last time, Eric, you mentioned that you did you guys. did crunch on Tropical Freeze. Yes. Was it a small yeah, amount yeah. of crunch? How long was the crunch? It
1: was pretty long. Um, I want to say well, maybe six...
2: just. It also wasn't just singular because we would right. have milestones and there would be crunch for those milestones. And um, I remember there was a couple of those that were pretty gnarly. Uh, yes, yeah, especially, like... especially
1: around like E3. There was the E3 push uh, yeah. that was that was that was a pretty gnarly yeah. one. Um, the the main crunch push for launch was pretty. I mean, I've done quite a few crunches in my time. Speaking my own personal experience, every artist, every employee, every every developer on the project has probably their own opinion on it. For me, it was pretty manageable. I I didn't feel. I mean, obviously, it was you know, working weekends, which sucks, unpaid, unacceptable. Crunch is not an acceptable practice. But when I compare it to other things, like it and this almost sounds like Stockholm Syndrome, but it wasn't as bad, you know. They did bring in like, um, uh, I remember they brought in a, a, a table uh, um, chair massage, you know, so we could sign up for free massage <laughs> and stuff like that, which, yeah. oh, that's great. hey, I I took advantage of that. I was like, sure. Oh, yeah, um, not. Why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But that was, that was my experience. You know, um, I think other departments had it way worse. Like I remember VFX was really behind the eight ball. Um, yeah. So I remember like uh, Sean and Chuck, they they were crunching way harder than I know, that, than I was crunching. Um, yeah. And, I remember and, there was
2: a time where I pulled on like, uh sean's entire uh task list
1: i remember that just to free him up for vfx Mm -hmm. yep Um. so so yeah so it was different for different people yeah yeah. um and i know ui also was another department that that kind of was a a very tight tight finish um because people don't remember but the game was originally supposed to ship november 2013 that's right it got
0: delayed to fib yeah
1: yep so, But I do think those extra couple of months did, did make the difference to, to do some mm-hmm. VFX, kind of get them going where they needed to get.
0: Um, and I suppose you would have had less oversight from Japan as opposed to the designers, right? I mean Nintendo of Japan would have been hounding the designers, I'm sure, because of their design philosophy and how yeah, much of an anal retentive they are with that stuff. But
1: Yeah, and there was a couple of situations where they would come in and play test a level that was pretty arted. And then say, like, mm-hmm. this is too short or too long, or this section is not fun and it needs to be redesigned. And you're like, yeah. But the art is done. And they're like, <laughs> Yeah, don't care. But we but we don't care.
2: It's gotta be fun. That's the, you know, and it's like yeah, just real leaning into the mic and being like, That's great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know? Uh, I mean I think Windmill Hills was one of those levels. Um, and that's that's probably my favorite level that I've worked on. Um, but that level was shorter at one point and i think they wanted to make it a little bit longer and i had to like and then you know make like uh find a way to stitch in new art in in between um but i think as far as the environment team goes we didn't get a lot of aesthetic feedback like you can't do this or you can't do that like the character team like i was friends with um uh, adam schumann who did a lot of the fur tech um Mm -hmm. on the characters and the fur tech on tropical freeze is amazing but like he re- he was showing me like they sent over like color swatches for like every character like dk's fur has to be this exact pantone color like this thing. yeah so like there were certain aspects of the legacy characters dixie diddy cranky donkey Ramby all that like, yeah very very much um you know so it... but they wow. didn't really bother us so they, you know like Throwing in like a squawks on a steamship, they didn't bother us for that, you know?
2: Yeah, I can't really remember any times that we got like direct aesthetic uh, feedback at all. It tended to be like kind of what you're saying is like design would get some kind of, you know, horseshoe thrown at them and we would have to be there to pick up the pieces. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I remember, I, God, it was the, um, I think it was actually the juice level got zinged. Uh, for a couple of things not not terrible but i do remember having to go through there and then having to try and like splice together vines and i'm sure that there's some vines that defy the laws of physics and loop back in on themselves and stuff but like
0: there must be a morale killer though right if you think you're done with something and then someone comes in and goes nah redo it again you're like it's it's definitely a hit yeah. So, yeah. is there are there methods that you use to try and keep your energy up in those situations? Like, I don't know, listen to some music, drink a yeah, lot of Red I Bull. Mean, I don't know. Some,
1: so, sometimes you have a little bit of a bitch session at lunch, and you're kind of like, "Yeah, this sucks." And then, but then you roll up your sleeves and you get it done. And for me, at least, you know, like, yeah, I, in the moment, I, I'm like, "This is BS." You know, yeah, like yeah. They're, the, you know, they're crazy. We got a schedule to keep, but. At the end of the day, you're a professional, and this is the job you got to do, and you kind of get it done. But um, at least for me, for, for the couple of levels yeah. where that that happened, so yeah,
0: I did want to uh, I feel like that's necessary. Oh, sorry. So you keep going. You go. Oh, you go to Sorry. Here. Yeah. Yep. You go. That's fine. Yeah.
2: Now I think it was just more necessary to blow off steam, and I mean, just even getting back to the idea of crunch, I think that's when any kind of like. Stuff getting bounced back to you would really just be like, tear out your hair because it'd be like, no, I was closer to the door. (laughs) Uh, And um, so that could be a bit of a bear. But typically, you know, I I learned that like feedback, especially from Japan, if it was on anything aesthetic um, or even on design, like I learned to really trust them. On that, because they, you know, I mean, even in the games I make these days, you know, for myself or even for the companies I work at, uh, there's a lot of really good lessons that I picked up from that that, like, you know, just definitely carry them forward, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, Yeah. I think
1: um, just to touch back on like feedback from Japan, the only thing aesthetically was if we put any Easter eggs in the game, that had to get the sign off from Japan. Oh, like Metroid stuff. Yeah, like the, the, Matt uh, put the, the gunship in his silhouette le- level. Um, you know, I put uh, the gramophone from DKC1 in one of my levels. I put the whole level from Donkey Kong 3, the one with uh, the bug man, Stanley the bug man, uh, in the background. The, all that had to get approved. The, 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 Mario, uh, the Mario tank uh, had to get approved. Um, How long does it take? Out of curiosity, um, it was pretty quick actually—a like week, oh, okay. maybe. That's not too bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. wasn't too bad. So,
1: and I, I, I had no, none of the Easter eggs I, I kind of pr- proposed were denied, which was fun. Yeah. Um, so,
0: I did want to ask about the whole expectation versus reality, because unfortunately, Tropical Freeze was a victim of the rumor train and people building up expectations in their head then the trailer releases and it gets all this backlash and um how was that at at the actual studio and because that must have been seriously annoying
2: oh i I don't Uh, really i don't really listen or terribly care about what the public thinks well that's good for me i'm i mean i I know that that might sound a bit cold but like um i can't change how they feel about a game that's already out and you know occasionally you get somebody with a bit of knowledge who knows what they're talking about and they give you some good feedback um and those tend to be more like well constructed um but occasionally you get folks who just have no idea what they're they're talking about and they just want to be the loudest one so that people will pay attention and i mean to a guess you know degree i get that too but i also just learned pretty quickly that just like yeah it's just noise
1: yeah ted's better about that than i am (laughs) (laughs) well i i uh i was at that e3 where we showed it off and i remember i get the hotel room that night reading through i guess it would have been NeoGAF at the time and you know uh it was quite a big thread about like oh retro's new game is another freaking donkey kong and you know that was just The internet getting themselves up into a a frothy mass of like that retro for whatever reason was going to do a western take on a zelda or something like that and so everyone was believing this weird fever dream of what could be and it's like no Donkey Kong Country Returns was like a really financially successful game. Yeah. Like, it did it sold really like,
0: well—10 million or something. So yeah, it makes sense.
1: that thing did
2: numbers. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. so, so like so, they're
1: making—we're making a sequel, guys. Like this is economics here, you know. So like we're not going to just chase a a, a pipe dream because it'd be fun. So like (laughs) the least
2: surprising news. (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: Well, because it sold Um, more than like all of Retro's previous games combined. I think.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I Mm -hmm. I totally understand it from a business perspective, from a financial perspective. And you know,
1: I guess you know, in the end, we believed in the game that we were building. Like we knew it was fun. We knew it looked awesome. Mm -hmm. Like Ted said, there was some like uninformed idiots who were like, "Oh, they like you were saying like they just took assets from." returns. And it's just like, uh, it's just more returns. And it's like, no, this is all completely crafted from scratch and like completely painstakingly and lovingly, you know, created. And yeah. And, and it's done the test of time. I think a whole new audience discovered it when the switch release came out. I Mm -hmm. literally just bought it for my niece for Christmas. Um, uh, she's like, uh, um, a Mario fanatic after like watching the movie and playing like all the games. And then I was like, I remember my brother was telling me that she got through Mario wonder pretty easily. And I was like, when I gave her the game, I was like, all right, I heard you, you got through one. I was like, now you're ready for a real challenge. Okay. Here's a game that's gonna, you know? So, so I'm glad that, that, that the game 10 years on is still so highly regarded. Like, you know, I, I've seen it run in speed runs on G, uh, awesome games done quick. Like I always love when, when, when I see like Spike Vegeta, you know, doing, doing a run and like blasting through a level that took me a month to make in like 20 seconds. <laughs> I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, Hello, you, know? Yeah. you know, but it's cool. It has that legacy, which is, you know, as an artist, you want your art to live on, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's a yeah. timeless game. It's a timeless game. I don't think it'll ever age. It's it's perfect, I would say.
1: But as close opinion, as you can get. As yeah, you can get, you know. I yeah. still look at parts and I'm like, Ooh, well, I would do that differently. But that's different. because you know how the
0: sausage was made, right? Yeah. I think I think anybody right. who works on a game would be like that. So I mean, if there was a third Donkey Kong, you guys would probably enjoy it just because you're not involved in the development, right? Let's say if Retro developed another one. Yeah, possibly. sure.
1: Yeah. I would yeah. love to see what they would yeah. do next, or any studio, you know, like. By all mm-hmm. means t- take it on and, and, and give some fresh blood to it um, I think it's a franchise with limitless potential you know you could you could take those characters anywhere and do anything
2: um, oh yeah so, I mean it's such a fun cartoony world that like really the like you're saying it's just the bounds are your imagination so you know yeah. it's, you could have a, a giant steamship with uh, you know gun turrets on it at the same level that's got you know giant citrus fruits the size of a small building and yeah
0: i do find it bizarre that there hasn't been any more donkey kong games since considering it's one of nintendo's best selling ip like it sells so more th- than I Kirby, think, for
1: example i think i think Kirby's. again i think because of the wii u was the failure that it was and that tropical freeze launched on wii u i don't think it did that well and i don't know what the i think that's most are. games though was yeah it? but yeah. i and i think i think the switch probably boosted it up quite a bit but i guess you know at that point retro had moved on to something else and i mean there's yeah. rumors now that ead is doing a new donkey kong game whether that'll be a country or something something else i have no idea but i mean the character was prominent in the movie there's talk of like a spin-off donkey kong movie with with seth rogan so you know we'll yeah. see hmm. yeah
0: So, um, before Uh, we, before we go, I have got some questions from my community that wanted to ask some questions. There's so many, so I'm not going to ask all of them. Okay. Um, I've just gone through a few. Um, so we'll see how we go. If you can answer them. Cool. If you can't just say pass no Nintendo ninjas here. Um, (laughs) okay. I might choose
2: one not to answer and just be mysterious. about
1: why.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Just do something with your eyes. Just like
1: yeah wing tw- wing twice yeah okay yeah. so
0: we got one from uh brandon 1793 and he wants to know what was it like working with vince jolly and ryan harris in particular i don't know why those two but
1: hmm. uh, you know vince was uh he knew that world pretty well that project pretty well i mm-hmm. think you know vince was, had an animation background so he understood the dynamics of the character and how it moved, and I think Vince ha- had a real love of um, kind of like Western animation, and I think there's a lot of that in DK. Um, so I think I think like working with him, he he understood the game pretty well. Ryan Harris, uh, I mean, he was a producer, so I don't really didn't really work with him. He yeah he was like,
2: leading meetings every once in a yeah, while yeah yeah it was not like yeah. a direct interaction um, i'm assuming think, yeah, this question
1: might have came off of wikipedia because they're, they're listed as like the names on like wikipedia so right.
2: yeah
0: yeah i don't know i don't know why he chose those particular names there might have been a particular uh. reason but he didn't state why so i'm yeah i'm as curious as you yeah. are as to why those specific people but yeah um Okay, so next one is Mike UK Ten. What was something prominently discussed during development that didn't make it in, and for what reason?
2: Hmm. Digging the old yes. memory
1: banks on that one. I mean, I I have a couple, but again, I I don't know. <laughs> I don't we know we, could be, say, we could be we could be
0: moving into dangerous territory here. Yeah, because yeah. there
1: was a couple of things.
0: Um, I know there was um there was some was it a moon
1: concept art? I think it was. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And yeah. that didn't make the cut.
1: Right. I think, early on, I think early on, I think it, it was might have been discussed like, were we going to do yeah. the, the snow theme or like a Martian theme where, like, because DK punched the moon at the end of the turns, yeah. the al- aliens living on the moon were going to be the invaders. Um, I think that might have been, but I, I, I think some,
2: like, like, concepts of that but there was very few in number and it was like almost like at the level of like doodles like you know wouldn't it be neat if yeah but never anything concrete
1: yeah Yeah. like so so superfluous that it never even entered into uh uh like a model like you know like we were pretty settled early on with the snowmads and all of that as being that direction going forward
0: that makes me wonder. So, so yeah. do you guys all just sit there in one big meeting and just brainstorm ideas? Is that how it works in these things? Like, or is it is it left to certain individuals to do that stuff?
1: I think at a high level, certain individuals. So, like, I never had a like I said, that's why like we're racking our brains. Like, I I don't remember like the yeah. core concept of Tropical Freeze, but when it came to like I, I've talked about the, the the clock tower inspiration for Windmill Hills, right, like being a castlevania Mm -hmm. fan like stuff like that we could like brainstorm and say like, like like i said ted and i sitting down and being like hey let's do a bunch of like feather you know imagery on these architectural pieces for the the uh the alps um yeah stuff like that was within our purview because that was on a per level basis but like you know, like, I we didn't get to say, like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if you could play as Cranky and Dixie in this game? Like, that came from way above our pay grade, um, type of stuff like that. So, okay,
0: yeah. well, that kind of leads into the next question, which is from a Dondi boy. I, I guess mm-hmm. that's how you say it anyway. How did the snowmans come up? Were they always Viking penguins?
2: How did that come up? Um...
0: By the way, I like them more than the Tikis personally.
2: Insane. i think they but. definitely have more uh more personality so i agree with you there and it's yeah. not just because i was the voice of the, the penguins what um, yeah just a random
0: mic drop there what the heck yeah uh, how did that happen
2: uh no i remember they uh they um the audio team put out an email asking if anybody wanted to come help out with sound effects and i was in kind of a, a spot between big projects so i went in there and volunteered And they said oh well you can do penguins and I was like, okay, well, try and briefly think what the penguin would sound like. And uh, the only thing that popped into my head, uh, I'm not sure if you all remember that cartoon from the 90s, The Critic, mm-hmm. but there was um, this episode where Jay Sherman's dad and mom go flying off on a vacation and it tends to be really cut rate. And it turns out that, you know, their, their plane is going to go down and the dad goes to the the cockpit and he goes my god the pilot's a penguin and he's been drinking and then the penguin just goes like wah, 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 wah. it just and that's just always stuck in my head it's just like the whole like penguins can't fly you know so it's just kind of ran with that and that's you know that's my little grumbly voice whenever the penguins are making noises so was it one it's take me. did you do it one take um yeah just a whole bunch of different little like gravelly noises and you know different tones for like being happy being mad being frustrated being just kind of like you know you know whistle while you work kind of you know yeah Yeah, just little weird little things like that just anything that they could like pull from and turn things into different noise catalogs
1: and then they Uh, they grabbed a couple of us to do poppy's arena just to get a bunch of sounds going around so because that mm-hmm. was like an, like an audience and stuff like that so but oh yeah, yeah that like, was
2: boom. yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah.
1: yeah just so there was more than than just ted <laughs> um, <laughs> to, to get to get the uh but yeah the um i i do remember that because like retro has a pretty impressive foley lab like that that audio lab is foley pretty smokes yeah they do yeah so
0: it makes me want to go play it again just so i can i can listen intently for the sound effects yeah yeah um last question which is from ac dash qu9ng interesting name was there much reciprocal inspiration within the studio would you listen for example to a david wise track or look at a level layout and purely on that be inspired to make a world or a level in this case look a certain way
1: the yeah, music I'd say came, so yeah, the music came a little bit later, so like a lot of the mm-hmm. tracks, I think was the opposite. I think David would see one of our levels and then be like, Oh, okay, I'm gonna record the music because the vibe of it fits you know windmill hills, you know, like or horn top hop, right, like he understood that there's horns here, that's the gameplay on it, yeah, so from a, from an audio, no, but from a visual like absolutely like. i would see stuff that ted was working on that sean or matt or reed or or amanda and i'd be like damn it you know like i you know gotta get back and set my game up or you know like how did you do that you know like show me you know like how you achieved that 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 kind of effect or um can i borrow that model you know and stuff like that so it was always inspiration so like a friendly competitiveness so to speak
2: I wouldn't even be competitive competitive. it was very cooperative yeah Um, okay yeah Yeah. it was a very tight little team Um, and you know I mean as far as like looking at something immediately being inspired like we would we would get the uh, you know the gray boxes of the rooms and run through there and immediately my mind would be like oh those platforms definitely need to be made out of uh, a plane's wing with the the access point in the middle being the plane's engine or something. Like I just look at it, and be like, oh yeah, I know what I want to do with that. And like, you know, it's gonna be suspended by vines in a very Gilligan's Island sort of way, you know, just um just drawing off of different ideas for that and just basing it on what I would seen, kind of some of the concepts we had. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you I remember you,
1: I remember you taking one of the uh like ancient statues that I made for the water level. And then you worked on the level where like the lightning is striking and i remember you like made an entirely new statue just by like taking pieces and like reconfiguring them in a new way and you had like a mouth with, like teeth coming out of it and i remember mm-hmm. seeing that and be like holy crap i never imagined that like from the base kind of like statue that i did for the kit that something new mm-hmm. like that could be completely reconfigured in a completely fresh way so it was always like inspiring to see that and like conversely like i was saying like when i was working on fruity factory again i was like all right this is a factory level and like i I love like industrial kind of um like talking about interior design like industrial aesthetic is like my jam like i i love lofts i love that factory vibe so like for me i was like Mm -hmm. oh man i'm gonna do like tall windows with like bricks and you know like wood wood you know beams and rafters going across the top and stuff like that and so like you see the art assets that other people kind of made and then you're like, oh, I know how I can kind of adjust this awesome artwork to fit what I wanna do. And you know, so it was like always being thrown around like that, like constantly. So it was like really collaborative. Like like Ted said, like never competitive, but like, why would it be? Like we're all making the same game. Like I I I I, I think maturity for me as an artist coming up in this industry is like I stopped looking at my individual contribution and more the final thing that was developed like I am very Mm -hmm. proud of the art I made of course but I am more proud of the the game that we made as a team that thing stands the test of time Mm -hmm. very very few people care about you know the Rocket Barrel or the Steamship, right? Like that's one part of it, but they care about Tropical Freeze, you know? Mm-hmm. Like they care about that game. And, you know, it's like, I met Ted working on that game, a lifelong friend. That's yeah. way more important than than anything that I worked on that, you know? So, you know, it's maybe cliche, trite and sappy, but it's true, you yeah, know? It's, it's yeah. good
0: though. You need to hear more of this, man, because like there's so much toxicity in the industry, particularly at the moment. So it's great. nice to hear this sort of stuff. Um, final, final question before I let you guys go. Uh, do you have a favorite level in the game? You don't mm. even have to have worked on it. You just your favorite level in the game.
1: That's a great
2: question. That is a great question. I haven't really thought about like a lot of uh, the levels for that game in a long time, too. Well,
0: so. I suppose, was there a uh, one level that mm. you played through and you were just like, holy shit. I, I do
1: i do have a favorite level um it's a minecart level in the ocean world and you go uh, like underground and with the with the 3d camera change yeah yeah, yeah. and, and mm-hmm. that's my favorite level yeah and uh uh teague worked on that level and he was a badass and like gosh he yeah did some, yeah there's, a, there's another underwater level that he worked on as well that there's like two and i was always like damn that's a really fucking good level so th- those two really come, come to mind for me that that weren't levels that i worked on one of my favorite levels that i worked on that no one ever really gets to see is because it's a secret level is um i forget what it's called but it's plungers like so the whole level theme is about stepping on these um time release dynamite so like you're stepping on the plungers and everything's blowing up yeah and that was that was a um it was a very difficult level to work on because my art lead kind of like upended the tea table on me a little bit wasn't thrilled with the direction i had taken the level and had me restart it and i think it i think it turned out better for for that but at the time i remember being pretty frustrated but it's a, it's a favorite level of mine because i made it work under very kind of like like tight tight deadline and it's
0: so those secret secret levels are hard man like really hard
2: yeah that they are um yeah for me i just i i remember like for me it ended up being a lot less about like the actual gameplay that was going on but just seeing like the the artwork that people were putting together and just the the stuff that um that you know, I, that other artists had worked on that I really really enjoyed was there was a lot of really great stuff within uh, you know Bright Savannah uh, was just really colorful and pretty, and you know just um, you know also like Sea Breeze Cove has some just gorgeous places in it and yeah yeah so it's it's pretty darn neat you know it's just I think probably the best aspect of anything is just seeing a game come together and especially when you start really getting into the meat of production and you see that, yeah, you know, all this is coalescing it's coming together and it's being very cohesive. Um It just, you know, it fills your heart. It's great.
1: Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's still 10 years on, probably one of my favorite projects that I've worked on um, mm-hmm. in a 20 year career. That's, that's saying something. So um well, that until, Project Finalist Saturn game. comes out. When Project Saturn comes out, it's going to be the best.
0: <laughs> <laughs> do you guys want to do any plugs before we wrap up for your games? Obviously, Project Saturn. Ted, what are you yeah. working on at the moment?
2: Um, so my personal game. We just started a brand new game over at Pixel Pushers, and we're just trying to get to the level of uh, a demo right now. <clears throat> but we're doing a, a kind of throwback to the uh, golden days of survival horror with stuff like silent hill 2 and uh the resident evils um you know one two and three and uh what we're doing one called uh five points mall and it's going to take place in an abandoned mall and you're going to be using voice commands to help your uh your characters solve puzzles defeat bad guys and unweave a pretty interesting story that's coming together right now and um, we're doing it in a kind of retro uh, style for that period so like, think like latest of 90s and early 2000s uh style art i've seen i've
1: seen some screenshots it's it's effing cool looking like and that was was, early that was early stuff so i don't even know like the latest but the stuff you showed me way back i was like this is this is cool it's
0: geez it's a tease man it sounds (laughs) Sounds very, very interesting.
2: Well, hopefully we'll have something really cool to show pretty soon. Uh we're getting uh the story uh have a good friend um name of Zach uh Guerno who is uh doing us a story write-up right now and kind of it's almost like writing a script, really, because we've got you know four characters plus you. And you all have interactions and is trying to find out kind of a mysterious mysterious uh unraveling the mystery of what's going on with this group and why you're here and why you can't get out. So coming soon. Yeah, <laughs> well, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed.
0: Cool. And Eric Project Seddin. thanks
1: yeah, so dude. We're getting we're getting closer and closer. I mean, stay tuned, fuzzybot.com. Uh Hopefully, I don't know how much I could say, but uh, yeah, this we're, year, we're, this year, I think that's the plan. Okay, I think that's okay. the plan. So um, it's pretty exciting. Oh. It's been it's been a long road. It's it's gonna. I think it tops tropical freeze for for my favorite project. Unfortunately, whoa, whoa. I mean, I mean, I am art directing it, so yeah, I, yeah. I, I, you know, <laughs> yeah, you got to believe no in what you're working on. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah. But no, I. Well, it I can't wait amazing. to see it, man yeah the gameplay is super fun i holy crap like the animation team is just crushing it Uh, hearing some new music the other day like game awards reveal i don't even know that's that's beyond me i'm so head down with with uh with just figuring out like you know all the day-to-day stuff managing the team but no it's amazing it's it's a fun project and yeah um we'll probably have some updates on our website soonish maybe but um you know, I think we've done some we've done some playtests on our Discord with our community and stuff like that. So we're 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 indie, so we're not like as tight lipped about things as like Nintendo is. But there is certain things that we want to surprise. It's more about surprising than being like super secretive and yeah, stuff yeah, like that. Enough. But like I said, we have like an open Discord that players can sign up for where we've shared concept art, we've shared screenshots, oh, cool. uh, videos, and stuff like that. So yeah, if any of your listeners are interested, like fuzzybot.com there's a a link to the discord if you want to join and check it out it should should be heating up soon with new content and stuff like that but um yeah in the meantime just kind of uh heads down trying to bring this ship into port sometime
0: yeah so Well, good things take time right
1: yeah exactly yeah
0: cool all right well there's the show everyone make sure you share like and subscribe if you haven't played tropical freeze shame on you go play it now And uh, yeah, stay safe until next time. See you later.